0: Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central.
1: Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs, and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you, you need. Your Tech Life, with Trevor Long.
0: Hello! Episode 267. It's very lovely to be sitting back in the uh, studio, uh, the EFDM studio here in Sydney, after um, a, what felt like forever in America. Well, that's not a bad thing. Um, for some reason I bloody love it over there and um, I absolutely love the Consumer Electronics Show and I'll be back again next year just because I, I can't imagine not going um, it's, a, it's a fun, fun show it is hectic but you see so much awesome stuff that I um, I hope that you got a bit of that out of the show And a bit of that out of the website as well. So um, lots to talk about tonight. I won't go into much about CES, to be honest, apart from cars. We'll talk about cars a bit later and and technology and cars. Um, I've got a lot of calls on the line. So we're going to talk to all those people about a a range of different questions and problems because that's what this show is actually all about, Um, primarily. It's just hard to do uh, calls while we're in CES. Um, And frankly, it's Christmas time, New Year's, not a lot of people around. So the emails are slow. We don't get as many calls. So... Um, good to be back. Good to have you back on the line. If you've got a question or a problem or a comment about anything technology, jump on the phone, 1 800 157 157, or jump on the website, probably most easily, eftm.com.au. EF for Freddy, everything for the man, eftm.com.au. Send me an email, um, say good day, and we'll try and help you out as soon as we can on next week's show, perhaps the hiccups. Um, it is lovely to be back and lovely to have you company, and thank you for downloading, and Happy New Year. And um, importantly also, thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies, uh, proud sponsors of Your Tech Life. We'll bring you um, heaps of news from Garmin over the months ahead because I saw some very cool stuff from them at CES. So uh, definitely lots to talk about there. This is Your Tech Life. So yes, welcome to 2015 and welcome to the 44th fastest broadband speeds in the world with an average internet speed of only 6.9 meg uh, in the third quarter of 2014. Uh, Australia not doing too well. Now, the company behind this report is called Akamai. You've probably never heard of them. But they're actually really important part of the internet. They're not an infrastructure part of the internet per se, but a lot of the traffic passes through them. So when a company has a lot of video, for example... Um, made available to people to watch it actually doesn't sit on one computer it sits with Akamai and Akamai distributes it, to, distributes it across their network of computers around the world to make it quicker and, and easier for people to get at their they're content delivery network, a CDN now, countries like New Zealand um, Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore and South Korea are all way ahead of us miles ahead so South Korea at the top um, on 25.3 meg downloads on average. Their peak speeds um, for South Korea are at 74. For Hong Kong, they're at 84. Now, you've got to remember, a bunch of fibre piping through these countries. Fibre to the home. That's what's doing it. And that's where we were heading. Until we change government. But that's life. That's what we have. The NBN per se is not at fault here. But... The vision of our telco providers and our government over the last ten years is at fault here. Had we have had uh, a more concerted vision towards the NBN, had we have invested faster in the NBN, perhaps we would have had faster speeds. Uh, you know, there's a lot of um, interesting articles been written over the last twelve, twenty-four hours about this story. Which talk about it not being the NBN's fault. No, not the NBN, the company. But if we if we had have had an NBN by now. Well, our average speed would be faster. I'm sorry, it's full stop, just would be. I mean, the minimum would be around 20, 25. So there's little doubt in my mind that an NBN is at fault. Not the NBN, not Bill Morrow, not even the people that went before him. Well, in some part you could say yes, though, because if they'd have done it quicker, more people would have the NBN, and that may lift the average. Um, Our speed, in fact, dropped in the quarter that was measured here. Only 14% of the country is connected to high-speed internet, that being broadband over 10 meg per second. So that's a bit weird. I mean, that just shows how many people are on ADSL. It also shows how many people will benefit from the Coalition's NBN, which is a multi-technology mix with um, you know, a guaranteed minimum of 25, so that you can see the benefit in the fibre to the node there. But you can also see how we're missing out on the bigger picture, up the speed there and, and getting right in there. Now, let's be clear. Um, I don't see the United States on this list. So it's not like the USA is number one, two or three here, right? So there is a lot to talk about there. New Zealand, for example, being you know a little bit ahead of us. Well, they're not massively ahead. They're only 0.1 of a megabyte ahead of us. They're behind us on peak speed. So there's a little bit of you know, to and froing to be had on this story. But there's no doubt the story has validity. Uh, The story is, you know, very true. Uh, Whether or not it actually has a difference for, you know, the average user at home, probably not. But if the NBN's coming to you, by God, you'll notice because you've probably got really slow speeds right now. That's what this proves. You know, the majority of people actually have really crappy speeds. Now, I'll be on the Today Show in the morning talking about what you can do to improve your speeds. And there are some really simple tips, to be honest. Um, And these are mine. Call, Call your provider. So talk to them about what speed you are signed up for. If there's a speed you can get above that, just on your basic plan and in your home. You know, do you have cable at your house? If so, get it. Check your equipment, because your equipment may actually be the thing that needs upgrading. You may be subscribed to a plan that, your modem isn't delivering. The other thing is when you're sitting at home and you're on Wi-Fi, connecting on your iPad or your laptop, whatever it might be, you've got to remember, Wi-Fi isn't always as fast as the rest of your your network. Your Wi-Fi connection is only as fast as the slowest device on it. So check your speed when you're actually connected by cable to the the router and the modem. Check your browser, you know, maybe you could do with a faster browser that would actually do a better better job of delivering you web pages, something like Chrome or Opera browser. And in the background, get rid of any applications that you don't need and stop them running. Because if they're out there checking for things on the internet, downloading stuff, that's all taking up speed. It's taking up lanes on the highway and you need all the lanes open so you can cruise down at it at super fast speed. The old internet superhighway thing is is quite a true analogy and and has been for some time, so um, it's um, yeah well worth well worth checking out and doing your best on the speeds there. So Australia number 44, I think we can do better, but I think it's going to take some time. So <laughs> don't get too excited about it. If you think that there's um something better that you you could be doing, anyway, uh, check it out at. Uh, um, uh, plenty of websites have gone on gibbering about uh, the internet speeds, and um, there'll be many more. And uh, you are listening to Your Tech Life.
1: Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, Tech Life. Life with Trevor
0: Long. Now, interestingly, when you when you jump over to Garmin, uh, the Your Tech Life brought to you by Garmin, uh, garmin.com.au, they have um, a very clear um, push towards the Vivo um, product lifestyle, um, and they're, they're talking about the Vivo Fit 2 as well. Um now, the vivo fit two has an audible move bar it has automatic synchronization, activity time, and a backlit display so slightly better um better quality there then there's a hot then there 's a vivo smart and the vivo active now this is a a watch that 's coming with up to three weeks battery life uh ten hours um, if you 're using the g p s in it so it's a nice little little thing they've got going there. The Vivo Fit, the Vivo Fit 2, the Vivo Smart, and the Vivo Active. Um, those are the products coming from Garmin, and I saw them. They've even got beautiful, um, uh, stylish, uh, designer brand uh, covers coming from the v, for the Vivo Fit as well. Really nice looking things. So um, they're doing a lot to um, to really push the range, which is going very very well for them. The Garmin Vivo Fit, the Garmin Vivo Smart, and the Garmin Vivo Active. Join the movement and check it out at garmin.com.au. There's a range of products coming. The Phoenix 3 is another one. looks sensational. Uh, it'll come to Australia later in the year, and it does more than you could ever imagine. It is, frankly, um, the ultimate smartwatch because of the kind of things that it can do. It even has an app in it for stand-up paddleboarding, can you believe? So, um, yeah, there's there's a bunch going on on the on the Phoenix uh, 3. Check it out at Garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Back in the country for 2015 after the Consumer Electronics Show. Great to be with you here on Your Tech Life once again. G'day Khalid. Hi Trevor. Hey mate, How can I, what can I do for you?
2: Well, I'm in the market of looking for a new laptop.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I've got the... Uh, 2010 model uh, MacBook Pro. Um, mm-hmm. It's been doing very well, yep. um, but unfortunately, I've had some a lot of issues with the laptop getting really slow. And hard drives, unfortunately, isn't a solid sort of state drive, so I've just noticed it to get slower over time. And mm-hmm. it's definitely time for an upgrade. And yep. um, and I've the I do like the uh, Microsoft Surface Pros. Um, I do like the, uh, the way they're trying to replace, I suppose, to have your tablet slash laptop all in one, yep. uh, rather than having a separate Definitely. device, so quite versatile. And, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd get your, your advice and opinion on the Surface Pro 3 and what you
0: think of it. I mean, first and foremost, you're, you're obviously happy to walk away from the Mac operating system. You don't think that's going to be a, you know, a huge drama for you. You'll be able to adjust pretty quickly to that? Yeah,
2: look, that's not an issue, um, I do enjoy the Mac operating system, but I think um, Microsoft may uh, may have bought me with uh, with their design, with their new innovative design. Um, I haven't seen MacBook Pro or the MacBook uh, have that same design as yeah. the uh, Surface Pro. I'd, I'd love it if they did. Um, and I don't know. They may decide to to follow Microsoft's um, design as well to do that. I'm not entirely look, sure.
0: I- I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest you look at two devices. I'm holding them in my hand right now just for my own edification, but you're absolutely right. The Surface Pro 3 is magnificent. It's a great device uh, without a cover on it. So, excuse me, I've got a keyboard cover on this, but without the cover, um, it's just a really light, simple, easy-to-use tablet. It's got the kickstand, makes it, you know, easy to get into. Um, With with the cover on it, you know, you've got yourself a keyboard, um, and it's a pretty usable keyboard. I would say that, I don't believe it is yet a laptop replacement keyboard, if you know what I mean. Plenty of keyboards out there that purport to be as good as your laptop, but even probably, let me say, Logitech and Kensington, people that make really nice iPad keyboard covers, they are excellent keyboard covers, but they're still not the full space, the full depth, the full everything of a a laptop. Now, that's probably the only negative thing I would say about the Surface Pro, apart from the price the, the hmm. price is probably the big negative for the Pro um, yeah. because, you know, yeah, it starts at under $1,000, but it also goes up to about 2300 So, yeah. you know, it can really kick you with, with the price yeah. if you want yeah. specifications. Now, um, mm. you know, you're going to want specifications. You're going to want that thing to have a bit of guts. So you yeah. are going to want to spec it up. The other one I want you to look at, if you can, sure, is the Lenovo Yoga 3. Okay. Now, this is, mate, this is so thin, it's ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. But the reason I want you to look at it, not because of this specific one, but because it's the one I know of best, is Mm -hmm. the, what they call, uh, convertible nature of it. Now, I can, I'm holding this here in my hand. I open it up, and it looks like a laptop. And you know what I'm looking at there. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a keyboard on the bottom. Keys feel normal. Screen at the top. Now, first of all, touch screen, So, you're getting that same touch experience as you would with the Surface Pro. But secondly, I can lay it down flat. In fact, I can go past flat and I can have it looking like a tent. So the keyboard's on one side of the tent and the touch screen's on the other. Great for watching videos. And then I can fold it all the way back and hold it like a tablet, and it's a big screen tablet. You might Mm -hmm. just find that when you spec out the Lenovo um, Yoga 3, um, you know, same specifications, you may find that it's probably a better deal than the Surface Pro, um, okay. And it will offer you a better laptop experience than the Surface Pro. Okay. Okay.
2: And uh, what screen sizes did the uh, Yo- uh, the Lenovo's come in? I'm
0: looking at this, and I'm going to say it's a 13. It doesn't. The the that's... Yoga 3 doesn't come in multiple screen sizes. Um, okay. It's just the Yoga 3, and that that's the go. There are a bunch yeah. of convertibles out there. Asus. Um, you know, yeah, plenty of companies making convertibles, as they call them. Um, yeah. And they really need to be played within a short store to seriously understand that convertible nature. I think, though, okay. you, 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 you love the Surface design. You will enjoy the Surface design probably most of all, but it would be yep. worthwhile you're looking at a laptop that does more than just being a laptop, something that's convertible, and just making a comparison. Then from there, mate, it's really just about price. Go to the websites but, of Microsoft, Lenovo, you know other companies, yep. and, and spec them like for like and see which one you think stacks up price-wise.
3: So are the
2: keyboards detachable on the Lenovo, just like the Surface Pros?
0: No, it folds around, so you fold it to the back. Oh, so it just folds around. That's okay. right. Yeah, 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 So it's always those kind of two two pieces together. But the thing with the Lenovo Yoga 3 is that hinge on the back folds literally 180 degrees, which is very okay. cool. So I think you're, okay. you, you, I think you're spot on. I think you do get a lot more out of the Windows device. You need to spend a bit of time learning and loving Windows 8 because it is... You know, mm. it's it's a bit hard to love, but you know, yeah. once you live with it live with it for a while, it's 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 lovable. Um, and then uh, mm. and then yeah, it's uh it's it's got a lot going for it. So mate, you're you're on the right path. You just need to be be wary of the price.
2: Yeah, uh, and I'm sure Apple is eventually going to follow the rest of the other companies with similar I don't think so. I don't
0: think so. I think um, I but... think Apple is very clearly separating their tablets and their laptop yeah. market, I think the one yeah. thing that Apple must do soon is touch screen on their laptops. And Definitely. Uh, we, we've seen enough. Like, you, you know, on your on your Mac, you've got the kind of launch pad. Now, I've never yeah. used launch pad, but it looks sensational as a way to browse my computer. But yeah. uh, I've just never used it. And I think yeah, if I'm I had insane. a touch screen, it would be fantastic. I'd, I'd make mm. that my home. I'd make that my desktop. So, it's yeah. re- it's kind of ready to go. They don't need to do much. So, I feel like mm. it's close, but not quite there. It's an interesting little quandary for them. So, yeah, hopefully they will add touchscreen, but I don't think they'll ever go full Mac OS in a tablet.
2: I see. Yeah, it's a shame, because it would be really nice.
0: It um, would be. The yeah. MacBook Air is a stunning device that does everything any other Mac can do, and that's... That that's a that's a great entry to the Mac world as as opposed to the iOS world and that's how they see it. I think.
2: Yeah, the MacBook Air is a good device. I got my wife one about six months ago and she loves it.
0: I take my eleven inch everywhere. It's just it's my go to. Mm. So yeah. All right, mate. Good luck with the purchase. Let me know what you end up doing, mate. I definitely will, and thank you very much for the advice. Listening. If you've got a question about technology, get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com.au. G'day, Brad. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, buddy. Happy New Year. What can I do for you?
3: Uh, yeah, look, I've got um, a desktop PC, mm-hmm. and I just bought a uh, MacBook Air, and I just I, it's, we've got about five and a half thousand photos, Yep. and I just want to know what the best way to I guess, view them through all the devices, like with the iPhone as well.
0: Hmm. <clears throat> I'm not sure there's a great solution. I reckon this is the one yet untapped area. Maybe you and I should go into business with a startup. We'll move to San Francisco and we'll blow the world away. <laughs> I'm on it.
2: <laughs> um,
0: so here's, here's my situation. I'm somewhat similar. I originally had one computer with everything on it. Um, now we've got a couple of Macs in the house, plus a couple of iPhones. So we're, we're a very Mac family now. You've got a PC still. So that's okay. I won't, won't kill you for that. That's, that's life. <laughs> Um, But the, the good thing is that the PC might allow you to do, a, do sharing a lot easier. So essentially what, what the first port of call would be, to, would be to basically share that file. So you've got all your photos in one kind of big folder and, and archive underneath that, have you? Yeah, on the PC, yeah. So so if you basically share that folder on the network, then that folder becomes viewable by other um, devices. And that's that's good, but it's not going to be perfect. So what happens is you basically end up with this shared folder on your Mac um, that you can look through. And this is essentially what we've done, but we've moved it to a, what they call a network-attached storage. So there's a little computer sitting in the corner that does nothing other than keep our music and and, and photo files. The problem is it's still not perfect on mobile devices and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, th- there's a thing called Plex, a Plex media server, um, which is probably the one thing that's been rec- recommended to me over time. And essentially it um, it, it creates what, what they, even in their own marketing, describe it as one window to all your personal media. So it would not only be available in your home network, but then when you're away, you can actually look at stuff on your home network which is very very cool. Okay um, and that
3: and that's for um, mobile device devices as well like mobile
0: phones. Exactly. So um so there's a Plex app for every device, Windows, Apple, Android, Amazon, Chromecast, Roku, you name it, there's there's Plex going on even Xbox and PlayStation. Um it's probably the one thing if I could just get a week of my life just struck off and let me do that, it's the one thing I would do because I'm pretty sure Plex is the answer. Um, and even, so I think on your PC, you can probably install a Plex, um, you know, server, essentially. And what that do, it'll be easy. It'll be very uh, wizard-based. It'll say, where's the media? You, you choose the folder and what is this? It's photos and off you go. And then you, you just have the Plex app on all of your other devices to view the stuff. Um,
3: okay. And is that, um, so what about like the, the, the cloud-based
0: so what you're doing here is you're basically creating your own cloud. Uh, right. And what you're doing is you're having, when you're away, you can look at the the photos and stuff through the internet, but the cloud you're viewing is actually just your computer at home. Now, that's right. okay if you've got a good internet connection. What's your internet connection like?
3: Well, probably usually around about 6 meg. That's the best I can get.
0: What about uploads? Do you know? Uh,
3: oh. No, that's a lot less,
0: probably uh, in the 0.5 or something Whoa, like
3: that. Yeah, it's so, yeah, pretty, see, small. It was pretty, pretty bad upload.
0: But both of those things are not good for any of the solutions outside of your home. So within your home, you're going to have a great time with something like a Plex media server um, that allows you to just look at everything within your house. When you're outside the house, you know, Plex is not going to be a great solution. It'll work, but not perfectly. But then you go to the cloud... And mate, it'll take you six months to upload all that stuff, and you'll churn through sixteen yeah. times your, your band your, your your data allowance. So yeah. it's kind of it's kind of lose lose for you in that sense. Until you can get a better connection in your life, um, you're yeah. not going to have much luck with cloud solutions. Um, so really, you're better off in that sense not not going with the cloud yet until your internet connection is better, and then consider it as a, as a solution down the track. Right. Okay. So I reckon oh, Plex man. is the way to go. I think you can kick it off by just sharing that folder. But, mate, download Plex. Uh, I, I can't tell you. I'll click, click on their website. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so there's a Plex media server is what you, what you need. And you just download it for computer. Uh, and right. I, I've downloaded it for, for my for my network storage. But there's an option there for computer. And then you download each of the mobile apps or whatever it is on, on the device that you want. And, okay, so uh, it's
3: not hardware. It's just a... No, no, it's, it's just,
0: just a piece of software. Download. Yeah, just a piece of software. Oh, okay. Um. I, there's a premium version, which, well, I'm just looking at it. What does it allow you to do? Sync to the cloud. You don't want that. Um, free apps. So there might be some stuff in the, in the premium version that you want to look at, which looks like it's about 40 bucks a year, $150 one off for lifetime subscription. So, I mean, you know, whatever, but I would download it, play with it and decide if it's, if it's even half for you first, uh, and yep. then, and then go from there. Um, one of the right, things cool. they, they offer in the premium service I'm just looking at is um is camera upload. So when you take a photo on your on your phone, it automatically uploads to your kind of your Plex account, which is not a bad idea. Right. Oh,
3: um,
2: yeah, yeah. But yeah. for
0: what you're talking about, that's probably your best solution, mate. Oh, excellent. No, thanks very much for that. All right, mate. Anytime, just get in touch, buddy. Good luck with it. Good. Thanks very much for that, Trev. Thanks, mate. And you can get in touch as well. If you've got a question about technology, jump on the website, EFTM.com. Talking technology without the jargon,
1: Your, your Tech, Tech life, life
0: with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Your Tech Life. If you've got a question, a problem, a comment about anything technology in your life, just jump on the phones, jump on the email, and I'll get in touch. We'll, uh, we'll have a chat. Let's go to calls. G'day, Sharon.
4: Hello, I'm interested in finding out how I can transfer the um, information on an iPhone 3 to an iPhone 4.
0: An iPhone 3? Where where did you get it from, the Smithsonian?
4: <laughs> it belongs to my dad, and it's a part of the dinosaur age, mm. but he's using it.
0: <laughs> you know what? But what it, what it says is, your dad, early adopter. I mean, <laughs> early adopter, an iPhone 3. He's just struggled with the whole continual early adoption thing. So, so look, um, it's been a while since I've plugged an iPhone 3 into a computer, but really all you need is a computer. You need a computer with iTunes installed on it, and yes. then what happens is you you plug the the normal charging cord into the computer and you plug the phone into the computer with iTunes yes. open and it'll come up and ask you about that phone. Now it it'll basically have an option there to do a backup, and when you do yes. a backup, the phone is probably called it's you've got your dad's name and it probably says you know in my case it says Trevor's iPhone, and then yes. just let it do a backup. It won't take long because that thing probably doesn't have much in it. Do a backup, and once it's done the backup, all you need then is the new phone. You plug it in, and when you plug it into your computer, it'll ask you a question. Do you want to set this up as a new phone or as a restore an old backup? And that's what you do. You just restore an old backup. Even if you've got a phone that's already been set up at the shop or whatever, you bring it home, you plug it into that same computer... And it will ask you then, you know, what it is, and there's a button then to restore. You press restore, and it'll say, you know, Dad's iPhone, the you know, 20th of January at 3 p.m. Is that the one you want to be? And bingo, off you go.
4: Well, I think I'm as dinosaur as my dad because I tried that and mm-hmm. I got that far, and that was terrific. Yep. But then it came up on the new phone saying it can't be done. There was some error, and of course I didn't read whatever uh. the error
0: was. Right. Well, that is a problem because if we don't have the error, we can't really do much about it. But let me say this: it's, it could well yes. be that you know something like the the software version on the new phone isn't isn't up to scratch. Did you buy the new phone from from a retailer or is it my hand me down? What is it?
4: It's a hand me down.
0: That's fair enough too. Dad needs something. We
4: can't new. hand me down to any. We can't hand him anything too modern, so <laughs> it's still a hand me down.
0: Look, it, it shouldn't there shouldn't be a problem i tell you what, okay. because because I think that, uh, you know, you're in the best intentions and we'd love your dad to be in the right place. Why don't I get an Apple genius to call you and talk you through it? Now, all I'd ask between now and then is that you yes. give that another go. Give it another try okay. and write okay. down. Have you got a smartphone yes. yourself, Sharon?
4: Yes, I do. You know
0: the other thing to do? Just take a photo with your phone of the screen. Yes. Then you yes. don't have to write because yes. it might be a long, complicated message. So my tip is use your smartphone to take a photo of whatever it says on the computer or and or on your dad's phone, the new yes. one or the old one, and then you've got that message. So when they say to you on the phone, oh, what is it, you can just read it out to them nice and easy. Um, so uh-huh. Apple are very helpful. I'm sure if you went into an Apple store, they would they would somehow work you through it. But let me get you an Apple genius on the phone. And uh, and we'll see if we can get that sorted and restored for your dad. So he is living totally in like 2000 and I don't know nine, ten there with the uh, with the iPhone four. Don't push him. Don't
4: push him. <laughs> all right, Sharon,
0: you stay oh, that there. Would be so fantastic.
4: Thank you so
0: much. No problems at all. Stay there. I'll get all your details. I'll let you know how to work and uh, and we'll get back to you soon. Okay. Great. Thank
4: Thanks. you, Trevor. Thank you very much. It's great. Might sound crazy what I'm about to say.
0: sticking with it hey it was the song of 2014 didn't someone say oh not my vision oh sorry uh the car of the future it's a must-have topic really and I know I talked on it touched on it briefly uh, during the CES conversations but I reflected on on the vehicular involvement in CES as I sat waiting for my plane um at LAX and I thought this is this is pretty fundamental it's a huge change in the the bridge between technology and cars if you think about it that way and I, I broke it down into three categories and I've written about it at eftm.com.au if you want to have a look and photos and different things there there was there was a lot of car companies at CES Ford uh, Fiat Chrysler BMW Audi Mercedes Chevrolet Toyota Volkswagen Hyundai it was well represented this was a motor show and the interesting thing is, too, the Detroit Motor Show is literally the week after CES. So this was a big commitment for them. That's a lot of money to go into a couple of weeks of the year. So first and foremost, what changes are coming very soon? Well, in terms of infotainment, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto are going to feature heavily. The so Android Auto is Google's response to Apple CarPlay. Apple CarPlay, as you know, I have in my little Mazda, and it works works a treat. It's a fully integrated smartphone platform on your touchscreen in your car that's driven by your smartphone. So your smartphone becomes the brains of your car's infotainment system, entertainment, mapping, any other apps. And Google are doing the same thing with Android. Now, I found an interesting Hyundai, for example, had a huge stand and a very big prominent promotion of Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Which says to me this thing is coming, coming fast. Now, Hyundai were the first car that I know of to have, or well, the first brand to have MP3 or Bluetooth, sorry, Bluetooth integration in every model. So it was four years ago that um, you couldn't buy a Hyundai that didn't have Bluetooth. Now it's crazy, but there are still cars that don't have uh, smart have have Bluetooth. You know, you've got to buy a separate system. I mean, it should just be default. And it's embarrassing that it's not, frankly. Um, So this is going to come quickly, I think. Android Auto and Apple CarPlay will come quickly to cars in the next couple of years. And it will be by default that you plug your phone in and it just manages everything to do with entertainment. Now, some would argue that's the death of radio, and it could well be. But not likely in my view. In my view, people will still use radio for radio and they'll switch to their smartphone for their smartphone content, like music. Probably not a great thing for FM radio, if I'm honest. Uh, Ford spent some time showcasing their Sync 3 platform, which is, I mean, finally a decent looking system. Um, then I think the other thing that's coming quickly is smartphone integration remotely. So your, your car has a SIM card, and this is all about what they call M2N, machine-to-machine communication you'll find telstra and vodafone and others getting heavily involved in this because they need to provide the connectivity so your car is available on the internet essentially or it's available to be contacted by your smartphone and your smartphone app could turn the seat warmers on it could start the car it could turn the lights off it could lock the car it could beeps the horn so you know where it is it could do any of these things all driven by your smartphone i think that's coming very soon Another thing I noticed, which I didn't mention on the EFTM, that I think might be coming to more cars than than, um, had previously been thought, and frankly, it's about bloody time, is software updates. I mean, a car's software, infotainment software, at the very least, should be updatable by the user. A new version comes out, upgrade it. And my Commodore is a great example of that. Series 2 Commodore, very nice infotainment system, and it was upgraded the next year. Well, well, give me that as well. It's not available to me because it wasn't launched with my car. That's just crazy. So, look, so be it, so be life. But anyway, there's some there's some good stuff coming. Um, then comes the next question about power. Jeez, can we just get our ducks in a row here? We've got hybrid, diesel, petrol, plug-in electric, hydrogen, whole stack more. Um, there's a Volkswagen e-Golf, a fully electric Golf. I hadn't seen that before. Um, it's available in the States. I'm um, not sure why they haven't brought that here. Um Excuse me you've got Tesla doing their fully electric thing you've got um Toyota throwing pat- patents out to the uh, excuse me wider market for hydrogen fuel cell and they showed me the ugliest car on earth the Mirai I, I just can't believe that came off a drawing board it's just hideous but so so be it perhaps the press was that ugly when it first came out I don't know um. So kind of as I said in the in the article, safe to say to say big oil's not going anywhere, but it's also pretty clear they weren't at the show. Um, because the future is some form of electric hybrid. You got BMW with their I three and I eight, and then you've got Tesla. And that then takes you to the final question around who drives. Do you drive or does the car drive itself? And I have seen enough in car technology now that makes me realise um that this is coming. You know, cars can drive themselves. <coughs> Excuse me, I've driven Volvo's recently that could pretty much get me from A to B. You know, it would it would lane guide me, it would take me around the corner of a freeway. You know, a slight bend in a freeway it would take me around that corner because it knew where the lanes were. You know, it would it would drive we drove from pretty much Yong to Tamworth without me touching the accelerator. Unbelievable, because the car would break automatically if if the traffic slowed. It would break if a car came in front of me. It would accelerate if there was enough room for me to drive faster. Uh, all I did was adjust with my thumb the speed at which I wanted to go, so therefore the speed limit. And even in that case, the Volvo reads the street signs, so it knows what speed it's meant to be. <coughs> Not a flawless system yet, though. Audi drove people from San Francisco to El- Las Vegas in an automated car, a self-driving car, This stuff is happening, they are working on it, it's coming. But I think probably five years before we see it in production, ten years before we see it in reality because of legislation and other things. So a very interesting time. And just one final thing, screens. They're everywhere. The... um, I saw Sharp announce that they had the ability to make LCD screens that were of any shape. You had McLaren there with this car that was just stunning. So many screens in it. We even had an F-Type Jaguar with Intel um, with a huge, looked like a 15-inch screen in it. Now, that's a huge improvement on the really ugly screen that exists in the F-Type today. Uh, So, yeah, really important. The old LCD screen is going to dominate inside your car, the car of the future. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to see pictures and, and read more about that, go to the website eftm.com.au. Let's keep going with calls. G'day, Andrew. Hey, Trev, how you doing, mate? Good, buddy. And you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I it's think I can get exactly. away with that still because I feel like I've, I've only just started the year because I've been in America for a week and I feel like it's, the year's only just started.
1: Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's always good to be cheerful.
0: What's happening in your world?
1: Hey, I've got it myself. Uh, I'm using a um, router at the moment and, uh, with uh, my new Xbox One, and I want to do um, the Twitch streaming, and it's always lagging for me, so I'm just wondering if it's a router.
0: Only and if you help whether... me out here. Only if you help me out, because I'll be honest, I know nothing about Twitch. I just know someone acquired them and a lot of money, and it's, it's about streaming your gaming. Is that right?
1: That's correct. yes. um one of the great features about the Xbox One is while you're in there playing your game, you can stream it on a Twitch on the Twitch channel so p- other gamers or people who are interested can watch.
0: Wow, I'm so far from the gaming community that I can't understand why you would want to do that. And so the issue would be though that you're using you're playing multiplayer gaming at the time as well?
1: Yeah, it's doing it on multi it's lagging on multiplayer and single player.
0: Yeah, so. right. So if you're I mean, goodness me, if you're if you're using an online game and you're Twitch streaming and there's anyone else in the house, you're a bit stuffed on that, aren't you?
1: Yeah, there's too much going on.
0: Remind me, have you got cable?
1: No, no, I'm ADSL two plus.
0: Oof, it's not going to be. I mean, there's not a lot of good hope for you there, is there?
1: <laughs> probably, probably not. I'm I'm running a Bob 2 from iiNet.
0: Oh, there's your problem. Is Bob 2? Um, I mean, you're running the Xbox wirelessly or or Ethernet?
1: I've tried both. I've tried uh, wireless and uh, and network.
0: And so, do you think that a, that a, the router upgrade is going to help you with this problem?
1: Well, I have a, I have a feeling it definitely should. Yes.
0: Okay. Because well, I'm, I'm running. Bob, Bob speak, is your modem, yeah. right? Bob's your modem and your router at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: So, how can you? Because I would suggest what my biggest curiosity is around just your internet connection. If you, if you have nothing else plugged in, turn off the Wi-Fi and Bob and just plug in just the Xbox, can you game and stream without lag? Just through Bob, direct Ethernet. I'd have
1: to try that. That is, must admit that is one thing I haven't tried yet. Because
0: cause for me, you know, it's, it's it's the bottleneck that I'm worried about. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could put in, you could spend hundreds of dollars. and I'd love you to spend hundreds of dollars on a beautiful new router, but then you're getting this great kind of network in the home but it's not any better for what your actual need is because the networking yeah. with a home is great because, you know, the kids are playing. My, I was thinking about it today, you know, I've got this fantastic networking stuff here and what do I use it for? Well, hang on, the kids are, if there's three kids on, on iPads playing Minecraft, that's a lot of traffic moving around the air, right? And that's why a good home network is great. But there's no online play there. Now, yeah, exactly. That that's my kicker for you is you could invest in the best router at home But actually, it's your ADSL 2 that's the killer. No, exactly. How's this for a deal? I'll tell you what. Why don't you try that out? You know, send -hmm. send the kids out on a journey for an afternoon, disconnect everything, (laughs) and just whack that Xbox in and see how it goes. And then if you tell me that that works fine, um, I'll send you a Netgear Nighthawk because I've got, the nighthawk x6 on my desk which is what i'm using so that means somewhere over there at the other end of my office uh is a nighthawk because that was the one before it right so it's got to be there somewhere i'll send you that one as long as you're happy to do the full factory reset and whatnot on it because it'll still have all my you know ssids in it um Mm -hmm. you could be the melbourne version of the eftm studio if you like because (laughs) that'll be the default um um then that that'll that'll get you going. But there's no point I'm happy to send you that as as cuz it's lying in the corner of my office my wife always told me to clean up but there's no point if it's not going to do anything for you.
1: Yeah, no, well I'll be happy to test out the um direct connection first and give you some results and all let right. you know what's going on.
0: Well, you do that and uh and get back to me and we'll go from there, all right?
1: Thanks, Fred. I appreciate your help.
0: Good on you, Andrew. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening, get in touch if you've got a question any time. G'day Craig. G'day hey, mate, how are Good buddy, what can I do for you? Mate, I'm looking at um, getting a new TV. Yeah, let's go. What's the budget?
3: Yes. Sorry mate? What's the budget? Um, probably between, uh, probably no more than two
0: grand. What does the wife think the budget is? Uh, she's on holiday still, so Woo-hoo! it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's cold. So, uh what's and are you just looking for the biggest you can get for that size or is there something specific you want?
3: Um, I want to try and get um probably a smart T V. Yeah. Um size due to the size of the lounge room, it's sort of
0: no probably bigger than sort of fifty five inch. No Bigger than fifty five inch? How small's your lounge room, Craig? It's not the world's biggest, but it,
3: yeah, I can sort of I can picture a, a nice big TV against the wall. So okay,
0: okay. 55 is is a good size because mate, prolific. It's, it's so many TVs at 55 inches. Yep, and mate, you I mean, geez, mate, you're two grand. You walk out of there with a surround sound system as well. Yeah, well, I've got the the surround sound system already, so I've got that sorted. Yeah. Um, I sort of I went through
3: JB. Um. Well, the other day, and um, sort of realised that yeah, you can get a hell of a lot of TV for a small amount of money these days. Or sort yeah. of the forty-inch Sony thing I've got cost me two and a half grand back in the day, and like it's a it's a completely different world now.
0: Mate, for two grand, I mean for eighteen hundred, you get a sixty-five-inch Hisense, you get a sixty-inch Samsung. I mean, I'm looking at JB Hi-Fi myself right now. Oh, mate, oh, I want to go shopping with you. This is this is hours of fun. <laughs> I mean, um, to be very clear, I mean, a 65-inch is just too big. It won't fit there?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'd be massive.
0: Well, that, that's good. Massive is good. Have you been to the movies? It looks good when it's massive. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got other things that I've got to put on the, like the, the, um, the bit of furniture that the, the TV sits on. So okay, mount, it on wall, mount it on the wall.
0: Mount it on the wall.
3: Yeah, I know, I've done that with the, with the parents' TV, mm-hmm. so, and? yeah, that is an option.
0: Mate, 65-inch on the wall frees up the space on the entertainment unit for whatever you need. It does, doesn't it, yeah. I'm here to help you, mate, I'm here to help you. <laughs> Thanks, mate, you're really not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, oh, I, look, bottom line, you are going to get whatever you need, because basically you don't get Sonics at 55-inch. At there might be one, but I wouldn't even... It won't even... See, what I did on the JB Hi-Fi website, I went between 1000 and between and 2000 and I don't see any Sonics there because yep. I, I think even if they had a big one, it would be cheaper than that. I, 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 look, nothing wrong with Sonic, but, you know, you've got the money to buy something with, with a, a high level of design and quality behind it, so I would do that if I was you. Now, really, the big question is, I mean... Is, is brand, is price. You know what's important here because you could get, you could get an ultra high definition TV. It, I think yep. the only one you'd get there is the High 65 inch ultra high definition. That'd be yep, just yep. on two grand. Yep. Um, would I recommend that over, let's say, a Panasonic or a Samsung or even a High sense 60 inch full HD? Look, probably not, if I'm honest, okay. because. You know, ultra high definition is amazing, but I've yep. I'm yet to watch a piece of ultra high definition TV in my lounge room, and I've had one for a year. Um, yeah. I don't think we're going to be doing any time soon. And from memory, Craig, you live in not a not a metro area.
3: Yeah, that's right. It's on the central coast.
0: Yeah. Oh, but hang on. Are you in the NBN zone in the near future?
3: I will be, according to the NBN website. They're looking at um, running it during the next 12 months. What? Yeah, so which is fantastic because my internet speed is about one and a half meg on ADSL2 at the moment. So.
0: Oh man, build preparation. You're right. You are in build preparation zone. Yeah. Oh, I'm hating on you right now. You're getting a big screen <laughs> TV and you're getting NBN. That that this is a very important thing. That changes the conversation for me okay. because um, so there's there's three or four types of well there's three types of NBN. There's the service available now the build has commenced, or the build is preparing. Now, you're Uh in preparation mode, so you're right. It's kind of 12, let's call it 24 months away. But two years is a very short life for a TV. So you are going to have, whatever you buy now, you're going to have for four, five, probably six years, let's be honest, right? Mm -hmm. So within that time, you are going to have NBN. You are going to have super fast internet. You are going to have access to, let's say, Netflix at 4K, Stan, the Channel 9 thing at 4K, You know, that's the point where it actually makes a difference. So, okay, it's a tough one though because this is the worst part of this whole conversation. Is I was just at CES and I had a look at, for example, high sense ultra high definition TVs last year compared to this year, and the picture quality is so much better already Mm -hmm. uh, in just one year. I, I, I just wonder whether you know spending two grand on a high sense ultra high definition. Yep. When you could get, you could save money and get a, you know, just a really nice fifty-five inch high definition, full high definition, high sense or Samsung. Yeah. Um. Yeah, mate, that is such a tough call. I'm, I'm, I'm torn. Yeah,
3: because um, I sort of, because like, I knew that, like, I've been following you, um, on Twitter and stuff over at CES, um, and I've sort of realized that. Like, there'll be new TV models coming out sort of in the next, like, six months type thing. Yeah. Yep. And everything, so... But there always is,
0: right? Let's be oh, clear. Oh, yeah, that's right. There always is. You're always going to look over your shoulder and go, could I have got something better? Maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, could you get... Let, let's say... Let's talk about the best TV I saw there, the Sony, that super thin one. I can't remember what it's called. X 9000 or something. Um, yeah. Unbelievable thing. But even if they make it at 55 inches, and even if it comes in at two grand because it's super duper thin does that make it really that exciting does that make is that like it'll be awesome oh, on the yeah. first day first time your mates come around amazing but every other time after that it's just another tv on the wall right yeah so, that's right yeah so if you buy especially if you don't think you're going to mount it on the wall to mm-hmm. be honest i think the stand is critical because yep. the stand has is a, is a part of the design of these things you look at for example you compare a a samsung to a Sony. Sony's got really nice stand. I mean, it's just something. There's a 60-inch Sony. A Mm -hmm. 60-inch Sony at 1448, 1498 at at JB Hi-Fi. I reckon that's a cracker. And the other thing, you know what I would do in my research if I was you? I would look for the one with the most HDMI inputs.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because at the moment, I run um, all the HDMI through the amplifier.
0: How many HDMI's have you got?
3: Uh... At the moment,
0: I've got five or six in. Okay, so, well, you're, you're yeah, still, so still going to need to do that. Mate, you, at the moment. you know, four's the most you're going to get. I yeah. So I wouldn't... Yeah, that's, so that's probably not as big a deal. Although, you know, uh, if you consider that... So the, there's a Samsung here with four HDMI. Um, the Hisense, let me check whether it tells us... Has, it
3: had four.
0: It has four as well. So, you yep. know, the, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Let's, let's break it down for you real quick here. The you've got a budget, stick to it. That's not going to be a problem for you. Um, yep. The picture quality does vary between televisions, but my old saying is, mate, you're only ever going to have one TV in the lounge room, so you're not yeah. going to be able to compare it to another person's. That's right. And, and really, I'd be turning the thing around in the store and asking them about inputs and outputs. If you've got your optical out for your, for your amplifier, your HDMIs, get what you need out of it, and, yep. and I think you'd be happy with any of them, to be honest. I, I, I'm looking at this list here. When I when I browse between a thousand and two thousand, if yep. I was forced to buy any single one of those, I would not be unhappy. Yeah, okay. There's not a single TV there that I think would be a bad bad move. You know, LG yep. have that really nice magic remote. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of fun and funky. You know, you want to make sure you've got the standard remote. I still think Sony's make a bloody great picture. So I my yeah. my priority for you would be probably Sony then Samsung. LG, okay. Hisense. That would be the order I'd put them okay. in if you were just going by brand. But, yep. mate, if you can get a good deal, get a good deal and drive yourself hard, mate, you'll be very happy with the new TV. No,
3: that's fine. Mate, with the smart TVs, mm. um, with the like the Hisense one I was looking at, it comes with uh, Android 422, mm. which is, okay, a little bit behind, but not too, that's that's fine. Um, with the, when well, they talk about um, having Chrome as the web browser built into the TV. Yep. Does that get updated if Google updates the web browser? I well, know it updates on the Android phone and my tablet and all that sort of stuff.
0: Mm.
3: Will it update on the TV? You well, think? great
0: question. I can't answer. can't okay. answer that question. I don't know. I, do, I would say to you that Android on a TV is not the same as Android on a, on a tablet or a phone. Oh, yep. It is slightly different. And I think one okay. of the differences might be that it's not said to do app Up updates and the apps installations aren't yeah. the same. You can't just install random apps on the TV. So there are a few restrictions like that. It's kind of a closed ecosystem. But yep. um, but if you're familiar with Android, then maybe that's a reason to use the Hisense version because it's got Android. That
3: that was one of the reasons I was looking at it because I've, I run um, a Plex Media server
0: well, off a of
3: NAS in the, in the house. I
0: was just talking to a caller about Plex too. I suggested it to them. So I'm glad you said that.
3: <laughs> oh, really? Brilliant. Brilliant. A guy at work put me onto it and I haven't looked back, so... So that, is that running yeah. on a
0: server or just on a computer?
3: Uh, no, off the um, Drobo NAS that I've got.
0: Right, okay. And so,
3: what does that allow um, you to do?
0: What does that allow you to do? you got all your photos and what what
3: on there? Yeah, I, I mainly use it for streaming uh, movies. to the, I've got um, three or four tablets in the house, like the wife and the, the son and everything, um, so they can sort of watch... Any movies streamed wirelessly to their tablet. Right. So they can then, because um, I've got uh, Google Chromecast attached to the TVs, yep. so they can then um, cast it to the TV. Um, and it's all done from Plex, well, from the Plex app on the tablet. Yeah, right.
0: Perfect. So. Well, I think even though Android isn't the same, I think that's, a, that's an advantage for the High Sense for sure. I mean, to the point where Sony's going Android next year. So this year, oh, okay. later in the year, when Sony TVs come out, they're going to be Android. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, tough one, mate. If, if you're going to buy now, then then there's a lot to choose from there and you get some good deals. I mean, if you want to wait eight months, you're going to pay more for a similar kind of size and dimensions and everything. So that's that whole yep. constant quandary about TVs. Just buy now. Yeah. Buy when you need it. Buy what you want. Buy the biggest you can get. Okay. No, that's cool. Good luck, buddy. Thanks for getting Thanks in touch. On. No worries. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. And you can get in touch anytime. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au, or as Craig did, jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long. <music> Great to be back. Great to have your company. Great to be in your phone or computer or wherever. As I've always said, uh, get in touch. Tell me how you listen, why you listen, and where you listen. It's all good fun to know, um, at Trevor Long on the Twitter. Uh, at EFTM and at Your Tech Life if you're following away. And uh, while you're there, send me an email. Go to the website, EFTM.com.au, EFTM.com.au. Love to hear from you and uh, always great to get in touch. Uh, If you've got a question, a problem or anything about technology, get in touch. Uh, Thank you again to Belkin for their um, support of Your Tech Life while we're in Las Vegas. Um, And uh, great to have the support of companies like that and others. And, of course, Garmin. Garmin satellite, navigation, GPS technologies. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Your Tech Life.
1: Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.